It's October 16th, 2019, and welcome to another edition of Bite Marks Cafe, where we serve you the first bite of today's science, technology, and innovation. I'm Bert Lum. First up, we have Brian Houle from ISC Squared and Deborah Kula from Sacred Hearts, and they're here to tell us about the National Cybersecurity Awareness Month. And then uh, we'll, be, we'll be joined by Thor T- uh, Toma from Servco and Rep. Mark Nakashima. And we're going to be talking about hydrogen and hydrogen cars. First up, I want to let you know about this event coming up. Uh, Dr. Rick Spinrad, he's the president of the Marine Technology Society, and he'll be in Honolulu this Thursday and Friday. Uh, October 17th and 18th, MTS is an international not-for-profit community of ocean engineers, technologists, policymakers, and educators. The former chief scientist for the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, or NOAA, will be speaking at a dinner meeting at the Rainbow Marina on Thursday at 5.30 p.m. And on Friday, he'll be discussing the state of marine technology and the blue economy at a noon seminar sponsored by the School of Ocean and Earth Sciences and Technology and MTS in room 7723 at the Post Building at UH Manoa. And uh, details can be found on the MTS Hawaii Facebook page, which I will post up on the show notes for later on uh, this evening. Now I want to welcome Brian Houle from ISC Squared and Deborah Kula from Sacred Hearts. And they're here to tell us about the National Cybersecurity Awareness Month. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Bert. Thank you. So, Brian, uh, we'll start with you. Uh, tell us what exactly is uh, National Cybersecurity Awareness Month? I've, I've not heard of this before. Well, it's a time period in which we can come together and share our knowledge of how to be safer on the Internet, things that a lot of people don't normally think about. Mm-hmm. Now, ISC Squared, I know I'm not going to ask you what it means, but I mean, basically, what is, what is ISC Squared, the, the consortium? It's a worldwide chapter that tries to share, again, our knowledge of basic uh, fundamental information by bringing professionals in the cybersecurity realm together. Mm-hmm. And and uh, Deborah, in terms of uh, your role or involvement with this uh, Cybersecurity Awareness Month, I mean, what is uh, Sacred Hearts doing? Sacred Hearts has been uh, involved in competitions through uh, the Air Force Association and the Cyber Patriot Program, but they've also developed a curriculum for our kupuna. So they call it Cyber Generations, mm-hmm. and it's an opportunity to help our kupuna learn to be safe online what kinds of activities they should be aware of, what they should be careful doing. And right now, with the Internet and computing and mobile being so prolific and prevalent, you know, it's really helpful to get a better understanding about cybersecurity. Uh, You know, are these workshops that you're putting on? I mean, where, where do people actually go to check these out? ISC Squared is sponsor, helping to sponsor and promote uh, some of the Cyber Generations workshops. So there are several locations on Oahu, and uh, there will also be one held on Maui and one on Hawaii Island. Um, our team is, is doing a series for the Kapahulu Center, mm-hmm. and uh, it's it's. I think the biggest part of it is helping people to be calm, not too worried about uh, somebody is really going to attack them, but be calm enough to think about things before you click on that uh, link that says uh, 
you need to update your information. Yeah, like right. and share your password. Right. Uh, so when you have this uh, Cyber Generations uh, workshop, who's actually conducting it? Are you conducting some of these? Yes, we are. So um, my students are the teachers. Mm -hmm. Uh, We do one-hour sessions, and um, there was kind of an overview introductory session, and then we spent uh, this past week talking about passwords and security and how to make a secure password that you can still remember without having to write it down and, and to have different passwords for different logins. We're going to be looking at uh, social media. We're going to be looking at um, threats that come into the computer and how to avoid them, how to take care of them. Now, you have been very active uh, at Sacred Hearts. Uh, You host a team for Cyber Patriot. And, you know, like you're now even uh, having the students get involved with uh, cyber generations. I mean, are other schools as active as you are in terms of, you know, participating in the community like uh, like this? There's more and more activity. Students are finding out not only is this a challenging opportunity, but it's really fun. Mm-hmm. And uh more and more are starting to get involved with sharing what they learn with others. Now, Brian, uh, there's a bunch of events coming up that uh, out at shopping centers, at libraries. I mean, tell us a little, a little bit about that. Well, we have presentations at the public libraries. Um, we have 13 spread across five different islands. Uh, we also have uh, information booths going to be at the, the local malls. Uh, we have Wonder Mall, Kahala Mall, uh, Queen Kahu Manu, mm-hmm. as well as Parade Center. So, uh if somebody you know wanted to, uh, they saw you at the mall. They see the booth. I mean, what what would you expect them to do? Or what would you encourage them to do? Just come up and ask you some questions. How do you how do you get people to you to then you know kind of convey some information? Yeah, um, just don't be shy. Come and ask questions. No, there is no silly questions really. Uh, the uh, the the whole point is to get the the fundamental stuff out there and to make it regular, normal thought. To, Think about the small things. So uh, the people that are participating in the libraries as well as the shopping centers, is it is it participants uh, that are members of I, uh, ICS, ISC Squared? Yes, they're all, um, they're all members. Um, a lot of them are professionals within the cybersecurity uh, profession, normally with a lot of experience within the, uh, the community as well. So I know there's a bunch of uh, activities that are going on, whether it's generations or at the at the uh, shopping center and at the library. So, uh, who's got a URL that they can share with me? Uh, the, the URL you can go to is ohs.hawaii.gov/cyber. Okay. okay. Um, and also, I'll give you a, a link to our ISC chapter as well. Very good. I'll put that up on our show notes for later on. Thanks, Brian and Deb, for joining us. Thank you, Bert. Thank you, Bert. And, of course, uh, we'll take a short break. And when we return, we'll be joined by Thortoma and, uh, from Servco and, of course, Rep. Mark Nakashima. And we'll talk about hydrogen and hydrogen cars. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors Bush Consulting, Island Insurance, and Sacred Hearts Academy. Well, I wake up listening to Morning Edition every day, and if I'm lucky, I get to listen to more than, you know, 45 minutes before I have to head out to work. Uh, But sometimes I have really long drives in the morning up to the North Shore, and uh, it's nice to kind of 
be comforted by、uh, today's news and some familiar voices. Member supported Hawaii Public Radio. Radio with vision. Listen and see. Welcome back to Bite Marks Cafe. And of course, I'm glad to welcome Thor Toma. He's a senior vice president of projects and new initiatives over at Servco and Rep. Mark Nakashima representing Hamakua, Hilo. And of course, they're both here to talk about hydrogen and hydrogen cars. Welcome to Bite Marks Cafe. Thank, Thank you, you very, very much. much. Now,、uh, Mark,、uh, you know, I've, I've known you for a while, especially at the legislature, and I.、Uh, I have to preface this by saying that you know, a couple of weeks ago we were over at the Surf Co lot in Mapunapuna and we got an exposure to the, you know, the hydrogen cars. But we did it for a segment that we do on Hawaii News Now in the morning called Geek Beat. And it only took like about less than four minutes. So it was really fast. So we thought, I got to get you guys back on and, and talk a little bit more about、uh, hydrogen cars. And Mark, I wanted you to come on because you know, as a customer, I, I never realized that you had. Probably one of the first hydrogen cars、uh, in, in Hawaii. So tell us a little bit about how you started this sort of love affair with hydrogen cars. Oh, <clears throat> oh um, my my、uh, interest in the hydrogen car, what, my initial interest was not the hydrogen, it was renewable energy. Okay, right. And、um, I, I got into office at the time when the gas prices in 2008 were headed toward $4.、Mm-hmm. And it was just nuts. So I was looking at renewable energy. As I looked at the different renewable energies,、uh, hydrogen is the one that caught my eye. And it was because you, know, you electrolyze water、uh, using electricity. We have abundance of renewable energy resources. And so this is the one fuel that we could make here in Hawaii. And so that's what really drove me. To looking at this as、uh, a primary mover for Hawaii. Now, you know, most people would have said, okay, well, I'm interested in alternative energy and let's go get a, you know, like a hybrid electric car that has gas, you know, and, and electricity. But you took another kind of leap forward and just went straight to hydrogen. That's,、uh, that's pretty impressive. Well, you know, the other thing about the hydrogen vehicle is that the range is much better than the plug in electric cars. And because of that, and living on the big island, you know, I, I, I can't go to Hilo and then spend half a day recharging.、Mm-hmm, you know? mm-hmm. But the,、uh, the range of the electric cars,、uh, the hydrogen cars, would allow for you know, use on the big island. Now, Thor,、uh, I understand that you folks,、uh, you and, and Rep Nakashima, kind of first met around six years ago. I mean, how did, how did he ultimately? Kind of find you over at,、uh, at Servco? Well, you know, it was、uh, very interesting that、uh, we had kind of parallel interests、mm-hmm. uh, that Mark was、uh, looking at hydrogen and Servco was also looking at hydrogen.、Uh, at that time, I was、uh, in charge of、uh, vehicle importation and distribution for Toyota and Lexus vehicles, and I was working on the uh, uh, importation rights for the Toyota Mirai.、Mm-hmm. And it just so happened to be at the, at the same time. So it was actually a really great timing. Because really, when you look at、uh, new energy sources like hydrogen, it really takes a partnership of private and government you know, agencies working together to make it happen. So, the Mirai,、uh, it's not something that is available in all the states across the US, right? I mean, 
No, it is not. In fact, uh, Hawaii is only one of two states, the other being California, where uh, we can import, distribute, and sell the uh, Toyota Mirai. So what was it that, uh, I mean, did Hawaii express interest, like on the part of Surfco, to want to bring that in? And is that something similar in California? And what, why aren't other states perhaps uh, embracing this? Well, you know, it's, it was a, a combination of reasons. One was Toyota, uh, Surfco has a very long partnership with Toyota. We've been uh, distributors for over 60 years. And part of that is uh, we had a history of doing product development, product testing for Toyota in the islands. So, you know, the Mirai was kind of a natural extension of mm-hmm. that testing and evaluation of, of products for Toyota. Uh, to your point, uh, there was also, you know, we started seeing consumer demands. People were asking, like Mark was asking, hey, what about hydrogen? You know, I think it would be a great fit uh, here in Hawaii it, for exactly the reasons that he mentioned. Mm-hmm. Great range, very quick refueling time, approximately five minutes to refuel the, the Mirai, over 300-mile range which makes it great for, of course, the, the island of Hawaii. Well, so, Mark, of course, you your Mirai is not on the big island. It's here in Honolulu, and that's probably due to the fact that there's like one pumping station <laughs> here on Oahu. Uh, when you bought your, or, or leased your Mirai, I mean, were you thinking about like, what are the ranges that you can go and where do you have to uh, get it refueled and how it might uh, affect your, let's say, daily or weekly activity by having one place to go? <clears throat> um, yeah, I, you know, I did take it into consideration. It really wasn't a consideration for me because you know, with 300 miles per fill-up, you know, I, uh, while on Oahu, I, I spend most of my time in town. Uh, I go to the airport on a weekly basis and the Toyota filling station is right there in Mapuna Puna, so you know, it's really not a stretch for me to for me to put that into my schedule and be able to work through that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, uh, Thor, you know, in terms of the the pumping station, I mean, that's where hydrogen is actually generated, right? Yeah, and again, to uh, like what Mark was saying is that was one of the things that we wanted to demonstrate first that uh, hydrogen is is not science fiction. It's not a science experiment. It's real. It's mm-hmm. been around for, you know, decades being used commercially. Uh, and we wanted to demonstrate that, one, it works, two, it's safe. The other thing we wanted to show, uh, as Mark mentioned, is that you can actually produce hydrogen right here locally using renewable energy. So we use a, a, a device called an electrolyzer. And what that does is it takes water, it separates the hydrogen and oxygen, and we collect the hydrogen and use it uh, for fuel. Now, in terms of the the source of water, is it pretty much just tap water? I mean, what does the, the water have to be processed in, before it gets? It does. Dry? It does. So it comes in, you know, just municipal water, but we run it through a water purification system. So it's kind of a fancy version of uh, what a lot of people have in their houses. Mm-hmm. It's a reverse osmosis. It's actually a three filtration process of reverse osmosis. Uh, UV and deionization mm-hmm. to do it. So essentially, what you get is the equivalent of distilled water. Now, do you store it as well as as pump it, uh, or you know, when when somebody drives in to actually get a refill, is it being generated at that at that point in time? Uh, it generates on demand, but we do have buffer storage, so we actually store hydrogen on site uh, when it 
you know, when it needs a, a little more hydrogen, mm-hmm. we produce hydrogen. So, Mark, have you have you uh, gone to refuel and saw somebody there and said, "Oh no, I gotta wait in line." I mean, what's the what's the <coughs> the, the queue like over at the uh, pumping station? <coughs> well, so far there there aren't very many of uh, us <laughs> Mirai owners uh, on the island, and because of that, you know, usually I'm I've been able to. Um, you know, give as little as a half hour notice to Servco, take my take my car into Toyota, uh, have a cup of coffee while they're feeling my car, and I'm out of there in like five seven minutes. So do you do you have to kind of as a as a routine kind of give them a call and say hey you know I'm I'm coming down and I want to schedule a refill? Yeah, they 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 do want me to uh, you know provide a kind of advanced notice only because they want to make sure that. There are certain people that are qualified to to fill the cars, and they want to make sure that somebody is available when I get there. So to do that. it's not something that you could refuel yourself. Then it, it's it's a um, somebody has to be kind of authorized. Store. Um, actually, the dispenser is made for self service. However, uh, we kind of put this as a package together with the Mirai to provide this as a service to customer that we will refuel their cars mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. them. So the dispenser itself is capable for self-service. We, we do it as a service to customers. Regarding your, your question about the queue, again, you know, it takes about five minutes to uh, fill up a car, which is about the same as a gas engine car. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll get you out there in a, promptly. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> imagine that there was much of a queue. Now, I understand, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, uh, how many actual refills can you accommodate in, in any given day? Uh, if you were to fuel every day, you know, seven days a week, we produce enough fuel to fill about five cars mm-hmm. uh, a day. We do have buffer storage, so on any given day, we could probably fill 10 to 15 cars. You know, I, I do want to kind of talk about uh, where the future of hydrogen cars are going, but uh, I want to hold that thought. We'll be right back, right back after this short break to continue our conversation, conversation with Thor Toma from Servco and Rep. Mark Nakashima. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors Pacific Database, Shamanad University, and Hastings and Pleadwell, a communication company. Welcome back. This is Bite Marks Cafe. I'm Bert Lum, and if you're just joining us, we're talking to Thor Toma from Servco and Rep. Mark Nakashima about hydrogen and leveraging hydrogen for fuel. And of course, right before the break, uh, we I teased it out. You know, where is hydrogen going? I mean, I I like the fact that Mark, you've got a hydrogen car. You're probably one of the few people that that has one, and and I think it's a you know it's a, a a great fuel source, and of course you're saving a bunch of money because I think part of the lease is that you get as much hydrogen as you want. No, that uh, is correct. That's uh, that's nice. Now, in terms of uh, um, where the future of of hydrogen go- is going, Thor, I mean, where do you, where do you see that taking off? Is it just a is it a niche product? Is it something that is part of a uh, a clean energy um, sort of portfolio? Or is it going to take over? Well, it is certainly a part of the portfolio of alternative energy vehicles Mm -hmm. that's really going to help us with our clean energy initiatives uh, that we have here locally and, of course, globally. So it'll certainly be a part of that. Now, you know, I guess obviously there's going to be 
the need for additional pumping stations. Obviously, there's got to be more product available for people to to lease. Uh, Mark, I mean, what are you uh, what are you thinking of doing in terms of trying to get uh, perhaps a pumping station on the Big Island? Oh, interesting that you would bring that up because um, yeah, as we speak, there is a uh, hydrogen fueling station uh, on the Big Island. It's at uh, the um, at Nelha in West Hawaii. Oh, okay, okay. And uh, with along with that pumping station, once it is fully operational, we have uh, three buses that will be shipped from Honolulu. They're here now. We'll ship them to the Big Island, and they will be put into service uh, by the Colony of Hawaii as part of their transit program for West Hawaii. Mm-hmm. So the pumping station that is on the Big Island at Nelha, Thor, is that something that the, the Mirai could actually go and get refueled at? Uh, it's, it's something that uh, Toyota would come down to take a look at the specs of their station and, mm-hmm. and then see if that'll work. So you'd have but to. We, we believe that it will. So you'd have to do a little bit of a certification, or yeah. are there are there standards in terms of you know how the the you know the refueling nozzle is? Yes, there are definitely standards on on the nozzle as well as uh, how the fuel is dispensed. Mm-hmm. So. And in terms of uh, looking at additional pumping stations, whether on Oahu or the neighbor islands, I mean, what is it that you as Surfco need to consider in order to expand? Well, certainly, you know, for more hydrogen vehicles to deploy, we need more infrastructure out there. And and frankly, that's one of the reasons why Surfco uh, took on building this hydrogen station on their own. So we received no subsidies uh, or assistance uh, for the station. Surfco paid for it entirely on their own to really uh, demonstrate, again, that hydrogen works mm-hmm. and it is safe so people can come and see it. You know, other other private entities, of course, uh, the government as well, to come and take a look, and hydrogen works. So, now, Mark, I, I'm going to uh, put you on the spot, and I know you, uh, you weren't prepared for this question, but uh, as a as a lawmaker, I mean, do you see policy that would perhaps encourage infrastructure for hydrogen? Or I know you like your Mirai, so uh, how 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 much of that liking transfers to policy making. So earlier this summer, uh, we did have a meeting of uh, several of the folks in the hydrogen field to look at what some of the possibilities uh, that we could put in place for now for the future. Mm-hmm. And among those are things like looking at the, um, the regulations, the permitting process, uh, identifying ways where you, know, you can get to a point where you know any any gas station could have a plug-in model of a, a hydrogen fueling area so you know those kinds of things are things that we're looking at now in terms of policy to allow for the expansion of um, you know the hydrogen uh, fueling station uh, uh, you know across the state. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, wh- what are the uh, federal government or the, the Department of Defense? Are they embracing hydrogen on some of the bases? <clears throat> the Department of Defense has uh, really taken the lead, and the initial um, 
prototypes that, that we've had here on Hawaii Island was actually at our Hikom Air Force Base. Mm-hmm. So the military took the lead in terms of uh, testing out and, and trying these hydrogen fuel cell vehicles. They had the first um, fully uh, upper, uh, self-contained fueling station, uh, which is then the model for all the other fueling stations that, we've, that we're looking at. Um, the the uh, research and development from the military also allowed for you know, to look at uh, different types of electrolyzers and how it could be made portable and mobile. Uh, the military's uh, deal was, you know, they didn't want to have to bring fuel long distances, so they were looking for ways to set up a fueling station where they were, wherever they were, and you know, get it up and running. So mm-hmm. those are the kinds of things that you know, the military has done to really embrace the technology. And, and Thor, you know, is there a, a group of, uh, uh, like a consortium here in Hawaii of, of hydrogen providers, you know, that, that build infrastructure, whether it's feds, Servco, others, NOHA? Uh, yeah, there's been a number of, uh, of conferences and meetings with uh, people in the hydrogen, you know, space, mm-hmm. whether locally or, of course, uh, you know, abroad. Who have come together to discuss hydrogen deployment in Hawaii? I'm curious. Are there other uh, uh, car manufacturers that are embracing hydrogen as a fuel source as much as uh, Toyota has? Sure. There's definitely other uh, uh, car manufacturers in the space, like Honda or Hyundai, and some others. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and in in terms of uh, uh, the kind of uh, production of hydrogen, uh, whether the, the federal government produces, you know, their sort of pumping station, whether it's done on uh, at Nelha, are they are they similar in nature, or are there sort of proprietary uh, pumping technologies that that perhaps Servco employs, or Toyota employs, or you know the the folks over at Nelha? There's a variety of different uh, hydrogen technologies. However, they have tried to standardize the dispensing of hydrogen mm-hmm. uh, to to be able to refuel vehicles like the Toyota Mirai. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, on on the Big Island, if if uh, they're developing something over in Nelha, that's kind of another <laughs> the different district of of than than what you're uh, uh, overseeing. Are there any plans to do anything in in, in Hilo? I think there are always plans to do things in Hilo. Um, you know, the the reason that uh, Nell Hall was ultimately selected was uh, several fold. One that you know, with the Natural Energy Lab being there, you know, we were looking at uh, renewables, uh, renewable energy to to fuel the uh, manufacture of hydrogen. You know, that was kind of one of the one of the issues that we looked at. Also, with the uh, Kona Airport being close by, mm-hmm. using that as a demonstration of hydrogen fuel cell buses and perhaps having cars in the rental fleet to kind of make it um, available and familiar to the to the uh, driving public. You know, those are a couple of the things that were considered as we as we move forward on Nelson. So the buses that you were referred to, are those buses for the airport? Uh, no, they aren't. Um, initially, the, the, these buses were paid for by uh, Hawaii Volcanoes National Park, and they were supposed to serve as shuttles in the park. Mm-hmm. However, you know, since all of the eruptive activity happened, the uh, oh, vol- okay. the national park has kind of released the, their hold on the buses, and uh, the 
the current plan is to allow the county of Hawaii to operate them. So, Thor, where can people find out more about uh, the hydrogen over at Servco? Oh, they definitely can come down in person at uh, uh, at our Mapunapuna store, uh, or also check our website, tohawaii.com. Very good. Okay. Well, Thor Toma is from Servco, and of course, they've got the uh, pumping station over at Mapunapuna. Rep. Mark Nakashima is one of the handful of Marai drivers, and I want to thank you both for joining us today. Thank, thank you, you very much. And thank you for listening to Bite Mars Cafe. Join us next week when we will talk about a new education tool called Education Bridge. If you miss any part of this edition, you can find the podcast of tonight's show on bitemarkscafe.org. And if you have any comments or suggestions, feel free to email me at bitemarks at gmail.com. You can also find me on Twitter. I'm at bitemarks. Our engineer is David Chong. You can catch us on HPR One every Wednesday or anytime via the HPR app, iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. You stay awesome, and we will see you next week on another edition of Bite Marks Cafe. You may-